Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it's my great pleasure to welcome Dave Brock to the podcast. Dave, welcome. Hi. Thanks, Jeremy. It's really good to be on the podcast. I appreciate the invitation. So Dave and I connected because of another guest. I interviewed Keenan a little while back. Hopefully, you got a chance to listen to that episode. And I always ask folks, what's their favorite sales book of all time? And Keenan said, uh, The Sales Manager Survival Guide, which Dave wrote. And I, I I want to say tore through it, Dave. It's a big, I don't know how many pages it is because I read on Kindle, but it's a, I think it's got to be like a big book. Yeah, it's about, I think, 356 pages. So uh, it's, it's a pretty meaty book for, uh, for a sales book. What I love about the book is if you're a, you know, a new sales manager or a sales manager who has not maybe had much sales management training, it is like the definitive guide. Uh, it is super comprehensive. So Dave is the CEO of Partners in Excellence. They are a business strategy, strategic alliances, consulting firm that obviously does a lot of work in the sales and customer experience space. Today, I'm going to talk with Dave about sales management and particularly how to enable first-line sales managers. We'll start with their first kind of 30, 60, 90 days, and we'll, and we'll go from there. But before we do that, Dave, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Keenan, which is, what's your favorite sales book of all time, and, and why was that so impactful to you? One that I go back to is Consultative Selling by Mac Hannon. And that was written probably in the mid-70s or so. It turned out Mac lived about two blocks from where I lived in Manhattan. We never met each other then. We we met uh, maybe about a year or two before his death and did a, a bunch of work together. But that was kind of a foundational sales book for me. Was there, I mean, obviously it was a book that's now, I guess, approaching 40, 50 years ago. Nonetheless, were there any key takeaways that you got from that? It's the stuff that we, we talk about still today. It's, it's, it's kind of evergreen is, is, you know, how do we become really effective as, as salespeople? And it really is around creating value with our customers. At that time, the the phrase was more consultative selling. Today, you know, when I talk to like Brent Adamson and Matt Dixon about Challenger and all that is, you know, a lot of the Challenger concepts come directly from things like Mac's book or the book Strategic Selling or some of Neil's original books and so on and so forth. So the concepts are all very similar. And, and it really is how do we engage the customer in, in understanding what they're trying to achieve and how do we help them? achieve that uh, through uh, our products and services. It's the foundational things. It's the basics that really count in our success and execution. There's a lot of stuff that we can layer on top of it. There's a lot of great technology and tools and so on. But the foundations of, of how do we engage our customers effectively? How do we create value with them? How do we help guide them through their buying process and those kinds of things? So I, I think sometimes we get distracted by the bright, shiny objects and the cool jargon and things. But as you kind of strip away all that, you know, it still goes back to some fundamental concepts and principles. Well, it's probably a good segue into sales management because probably some of those principles and techniques are are truly evergreen ones as well. Let's imagine a scenario where a salesperson gets promoted to their first sales management job. 
and uh, you know they came to you for advice, what would be the very first piece of advice you would give them? The very first piece, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the way I start the book is your first 90 days as a sales manager. What do you do? And I think a lot of people go in and say, gee, I've been named a sales manager. I got to get in. I got to do something, you know, and I got to start changing things or whatever. And that's probably one of the worst things that you can possibly do. You know, in your first 90 days is is one is you got to really understand what your job is what your job as a sales manager is, what the expectations of your management are of you and those kinds of things. So, you know, as I look at kind of the first 90 days, it's get to know your team. Don't go and try making a lot of changes or anything because you don't know what changes really need to be made. So get to know your team. Spend a lot of time, whether they're, you know, if they're inside sales, you know, spend a lot of time listening to calls with them. Talk to them about what they're trying to do. Learn what they think of the job, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what their perspectives are. Learn who they are as human beings. If they're field outside salespeople, you know, get in the car and go, you know, travel with them. I mean, windshield time is one of the greatest, you know, ways of getting to know people and starting to talk about ideas and and things like that. You know, then the, the next thing too is get to know your customers. You know, who are your customers? Why do they buy from you? Why don't they buy from you? You know, what problems do we solve? And, and how do we best start understanding how they want us to be helpful to them? And then the third thing is get to know your company. And if you're promoted from within a company, you already have some knowledge of it. But if you, you know, if you're a sales manager that's new to a company, get to know your company, understand its strategy, its products, understand how things get done in the company. Because one of the biggest, most important things sales managers can do for their salespeople is helping them get things done in the company. Understand what are the resources you can leverage? How do things get done in the company so that you can help your salespeople be most productive? So, you know, and generally it takes you your first 30, 45 days to start doing that. At that time, you start kind of saying, aha, here's some things that I should be doing. You know, a lot of times you've inherited a very healthy organization, so you don't want to make a lot of changes. You know, sometimes you see some things that people can be doing better. So, you know, engage them in saying, you know, what if we improved your ability on prospecting or, you know, how do we help you improve your win rates or or those kinds of things, you know, and start testing some ideas with your people, start testing some ideas with your manager to make sure you're kind of lined up with her in what her priorities are and what her observations are. Your odds of being successful as an AE are so much higher if, for you know, let's take the SaaS world, if you were promoted from being an SDR and your odds of being a successful sales manager, I found, are so much higher if you're promoted from an AE from within. Have you seen that true for your first line sales managers as well? Like, uh, do you agree it's much harder? And if so, like how much harder is it to, to come in from the outside? I see it kind of 50-50. 
if you look at it right now, there's such mobility in salespeople and sales managers. You know, we see average tenure in the job for both salespeople and sales managers is 16 and a half months. So we see a lot of situations where there's a brand new sales manager first time in the role in a new company. They've, you know, they found an opportunity, they interviewed for it, they got it and moved on. So when you're looking at being promoted within your your own company, you have to realize that you have a change in relationship with the people that were your peers in the past. You now may be uh, the manager. I'm coaching a sales manager, a fairly new sales manager right now, and, and she's had a, a terribly difficult time in that all of a sudden her former peers resent her being a manager and they're doing everything they can to make her fail. You know, there's some sort of jealousy and, and that promotion wasn't handled well by senior management. She had very little experience in how to do these things. And I think maybe did some things that weren't what she would want to do now in hindsight. You know, and, and so she really struggled in that role. And part of it was that change in, you know, I'm one of the team to now I'm your manager. How did they handle it and how should they have handled it if you're giving advice to senior leaders who are promoting people from AE to first line manager? Basically, I'm being a little bit crass when I say it is, you know, congratulations, you're the manager of this team. Good luck, Godspeed. I need a forecast by Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, That was it. (laughs) So there are a whole bunch of things that were wrong there. And I find this wrong with a lot of brand new managers and even experienced managers going into new jobs is they don't have a clear idea what their job is. You know, is when I move from an individual contributor to a frontline sales manager, my job has changed profoundly. You know, as an individual contributor, I'm responsible for going out, finding deals, managing deals through the buying process and closing them. And I'm responsible for generating revenue. You know, one of my favorite kind of quasi trick questions of frontline managers is, I say, you know, what's your job? And classically, they say making the number. And and I say, well, no, that's not your job. That's your people's job. Your job as a frontline manager is to maximize the performance of your people. You know, moving into that first management job is really challenging. And too many times, senior managers don't help these new managers in making that transition because they don't clearly define what the role is. They don't say, you've changed from being an individual contributor and this is now what this role means. They don't coach and develop those people. So, you know, I see so many really potentially very good frontline sales managers and they go and all of a sudden they're a frontline sales manager and they think, well, I'm supposed to be a super salesperson, a super closer, which is the worst thing they can be. How do they shift out of that that mindset? What should they be doing instead? You have to realize, you know, as as a sales manager, what's your job? And your job is is to get things done through your people or really to maximize the performance of each person on your team. So if you're maximizing the performance of each person on your team, if each person on your team makes their numbers, then you all those numbers roll up and you make your numbers. And people don't understand that's the leverage point. 
I also just wanted to close off on one more thing related to, you know, that the salesperson that you're coaching and, and her promotion, you know, you said one of the things was the animosity that was created with the, you know, the team that she had been promoted out of. What could management have done, senior leadership have done when they promoted her to get the, the team to rally around her as a new manager? I think one is is management really helping her and coaching her on what her role is and how she could really perform at it. Two is, you know, senior management sitting down with the team and saying, she used to be one of your your peers. She's in a new role. This is, you know, this is why we chose her. This is what we expect her to do in helping you perform. And, you know, just doing that normal kind of communication to the team to kind of smooth things over. And when you move into a manager role, you can still be buddies with your friends, but you do have a slightly different position and you have to help them understand that I'm in a new role. I'm in a different position. My role is to help you achieve your goals. Something you've mentioned a couple of times is that the new sales manager should get to know their people you know, individually. How do you think about that tension between coaching people as individuals and also ensuring that there's strong adherence to company sales processes? The company processes serve as the guidelines. How people understand those processes and how they execute those processes will vary based on each person. And each person has kind of a different way of implementing it or executing it. Again, what you want to try and do is tap into that and see how they can leverage the best experience of the company. You know, a lot of people say, well, it takes away from my creativity and I have my own way of doing things. And again, it's it's within the sales process. Those are kind of just boundaries and guidelines. You have a huge amount of freedom and creativity within that sales process. I'm a big fan of Formula One racing. The Formula One course is prescribed. You know, if you want to be a Formula One racer, you have to stay on that course. But watch how each driver drives the course. And it's very different in when they choose to shift, how they choose to go into corners and things like that is very different. So there's a huge amount of freedom for individual creativity within kind of those guidelines. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the belief that basically constraints actually fuel creativity so much so that if I'm trying to figure things out, I will very often start by outlining guiding principles, which, you know, are both objectives, but also constraints, which helps me form some bounds around what I'm doing. And then even within that, yeah, there's there's tremendous amount of creativity that can happen. Really what great managers do and actually what great salespeople do is they start recognizing patterns of success and they start replicating those patterns. And so if, if I'm a manager and I'm looking at kind of the processes that we put in place, I've said, you know, those processes are based on patterns that we know to cause great success in our salespeople. And so I want to start building those habits up within each person, you know, to kind of replicate those patterns of success. Well, I, I let you get to 30 or 45 days of the 90, and then I took you down what I think was a valuable rabbit hole. Let's come back out again into the sort of 45-ish day mark. 
by that time, you're starting to come up with assessments of this is where I can contribute most as a sales manager. And a lot of times when I moved as a manager into an organization or into a different part of the organization within the same company, I was there to fix something that's broken. And I think a lot of times we naively think that the organization that we've inherited may be broken. And most of the times in reality, it isn't. You know, every organization can continually improve, but most of the times, particularly a brand new manager, is not put in into something that's broken. So after about 45 days, you're starting to say, here's where I can really contribute to helping my people perform at the top. It's not something that we declare on on the person of, Jeremy, here are the three things I need to fix about you and your performance, and this is what I'm going to do. It's something that you start talking to people about these issues. Jeremy, what if we could better quali- help you better qualify the opportunities that you're going after so you improve your win rates and, and those kinds of things? You know, you start talking to the, the people on your team about things that you've observed, get their reaction to it and kind of collaboratively establish, here are the things that you and I should focus on to help you be the salesperson you want to be and that we need you to be. So it's not something all of a sudden imposing change on people, but it's making them part of that change process. Let's say you've got eight reps on your team, right? Which is a typical span of control in the B2B world. How do you practically keep track of what is it that each person is is working on and how do I ensure that they're making progress on those things? Like there's so many ways, but what have you found as, a, as an effective way of, of tracking that? We tend to find the things people are doing wrong and we try and fix that. What's most effective is how do we find the things people are doing right and amplify their execu- ability to execute that? People can't change a lot of things at one time. You have to figure out what's the thing that I can work on with you that provides the biggest leverage on your performance right now and keep focusing on working with them on that. If you choose the right thing, what you actually end up doing is you end up, it's kind of like a bowling alley. It's looking at the head pin. If I hit that head pin, I knock down all the, the pins behind it. And so if I choose the right thing, I get a huge amount of leverage on performance. You know, so identify that one thing that is most important to that person's performance. Work with them on that. Then move to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's amazing how quickly you see performance improve with that kind of approach. You had previewed for me when we were syncing just ahead of the, the, you know, pressing record that you're working on the next magnum opus, which is your sales executive survival guide. Can you give us a, a little bit of preview there and, and maybe one particular question, which I'm not sure if you cover or not, but is relevant to this discussion is, okay, so let's say you're a first line sales manager and, and you know, you're aspiring to get promoted to regional vice president or whatever that next level is. What's the best thing that a first-line sales manager can do to to make it to that next executive level? As I move into more senior roles, what I'm looking at is organizational excellence. 
how do I bring together the pieces, parts of the organization to maximize the performance of each part of the organization? And you trust your managers that report to you to be part of determining what that is and to lead the execution of that with the frontline salespeople. So your perspective is changing. And as I look at kind of the theme of sales executive survival guide is it's really focused on organizational excellence. How do we get the different parts, whether it's the SDR teams and the AE teams and the account management teams and the sales enablement teams and the sales operations team. How do we get them working together so they work as one and we're amplifying the performance of each other rather than too many times we're overlapping and conflicting and and not performing to our maximum ability. So the same theme of maximizing the performance of individuals now we're looking at maximizing the performance of the organization. As you were talking, I was thinking about like, what does organizational excellence mean? And I jotted down five quick things. One is as a precondition, a track record of success as a first line sales manager. Two is strategy chops, all that stuff we talked about, you know, optimization, but not just optimization of kind of people, but also process, less so technology, but definitely people in process, hiring chops motivational chops, which does tie a little bit to public speaking, but it's much, much more than that. And I think another one that I wrote down last is calm under pressure, that if you're going to promote someone from first line sales manager, you want to believe that they have the capacity, the emotional fortitude to be able to handle increased pressure and and remain positive. Yeah, I think the one thing I'd add to that is culture. You know, you have to create a culture around organizational excellence. And that means recruiting and hiring the very best people who are aligned with what you and the organization want to achieve. In the new book, the research we found is culture ends up being kind of the most important thing than kind of with strategy and how do we take those together and help all parts of the organization really excel and help them grow. Well, this was every bit as illuminating as I expected on the sales manager side and on the sales executive side. If people do want to find you, get in touch with you, learn about partners and excellence, what's the best way for them to do that? Through LinkedIn, um, you know, look up Dave Brock at Partners and Excellence, and I, I pop up pretty high in the search things there. Uh, at Twitter, at David A. Brock, or probably through my blog site, partnersandexcellenceblog.com. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.